before I jump into this, there's a clip I want to show to kind of um, set up what I'm talking about today because we're on the third leg, which is defenders of the faith. Defenders of the faith. Can you run the clip, please? Uh, I think what was interesting is that she said that um, Jesus tells Mike Pence things to say. Um, when was she around I mean, Mike Pence, though? Well, because obviously she was around because she, she knows more, uh, a lot more than I think that, that we all know about Mike Pence. But I, what I do know about Mike Pence is I went to law school in Indiana. He is a hated figure there, actually. He's not very popular at all. And I think when you have a Mike Pence that now sort of puts this religious veneer on things and calls people values voters, I think we're in a dangerous situation. Look, I'm Catholic. I'm a faithful person, but I don't know that I want my vice president, um, you know, speaking in tongues and having Jesus speak to him. Like I said before, I don't know if I want that. It's one thing to talk to Jesus. It's another thing when Jesus talks to you. Exactly. Okay, well, that's different. if I'm not correct. But I'm, well, I'm hearing voices. You know, Joy, as a, as, as, as a, as a Christian, that's just part par for the course. You talk to Jesus, Jesus talks back. What concerns me is how long is the conversation with Jesus? But Jesus is Jesus. telling him to say things. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. You know, if you, if you talking to, you know, because I talk, wait, I Jerry, asked Jesus Jerry, for a parking space. And he talk- I actually heard that ABC has a program that compared my Christianity to mental illness. And I'd like to laugh about it, but I really can't. I mean, Mike, I'm a believer. Like tens of millions of Americans today will have ash on their foreheads to mark the beginning of Lent. Overwhelming majority of Americans cherish their faith. And we have all different types of faith in this country. But I have to tell you, to have ABC maintain a broadcast forum that compare Christianity to mental illness is just wrong. And it's an insult not to me, but to the vast majority of the American people who, like me, cherish their faith. I mean, my Christianity is the most important thing in my life. I I, I try and start every day by opening the good book. My wife and I try and have a prayer together before I leave every morning I I can honestly tell you my my faith sustains me in all that I do and and it's just a regular part of our lives but I'm not unusual I I think I'm a very typical American whatever your faith tradition people understand that but I just think it, it demonstrates how out of touch some in the mainstream media are with the faith and values of the American people that you could have a major network like ABC permit a forum for invective against religion like that and I I just I call them out on it not because of what was said about me but it's just simply wrong for ABC to have a television program that expresses that kind of religious intolerance and uh, I, I we're better than that our country's better than that and you're better than that and uh I, I just, uh, I'd like to be light about it, but I really this can't, not for my sake, but for the tens this of This is our reality. And I think we have set back too long as believers and taken hits and jabs because we we're, we're kind of, if you be honest, ashamed 
of our own Christian faith. You know, um, <clears throat> this, this wouldn't have happened had it been a Muslim forum or... But Christianity is the most beat up religion and faith in the world. And to say, which is in my opinion ludicrous that you don't want your leader talking to God and then take it further to say and speaking in tongues I mean what a bold statement and then you have a Christian on here you have this house Negro on here who had the greatest opportunity to defend the faith But because money talks, we seem to cower down. And I'm not beating up on her because a lot of us have found ourselves in her position. You just went on TV. But it's time that the church arise. It's time that the God you serve and love and, and give allegiance to your entire life goes beyond these walls. And when you're in situations like this, on television, or at the laundromat, or at work, what are you going to say? What are you going to do when what you believe with all your heart is constantly under attack? The Bible says we are to defend the faith. Not your church, not your pastor. We got more defending of pastors than the faith. I don't need you to defend me. I don't need you to defend this church. This is the Lord's church. I'm the Lord's man. He's got me. You defend the faith. My pastor, my pastor, my church, my church, my pastor, my pastor, my church, my church. No, defend, contend for the faith. So we live in a time, man. And I saw this and this teed me off. Because this happens on a regular basis. It's a major network. And they spent a whole lot of time talking about the Christian faith. But just, you know, let, some of y'all look at me. Let, me. let me help you with this before I jump into this. Let's, let's get past who they were talking about. Because some of y'all can't even understand because they're talking about Pence and that's Trump's man and he's a white guy. You heard this and you heard that. Let's get beyond that. Because at the end of the day, the man is a believer. And there's some things we don't always agree on and we won't agree on. There's some things I've heard about him, I've seen with him and Trump that I do not agree with 1,000%. But what we do agree on is Jesus is Lord. That's enough for me. We can deal with the other stuff. We can pray with the other stuff. We can confront the other things. But we agree on Jesus is Lord. We agree on there's one way to the Father and that's through the Son. We agree on he, he died and he got up. We agree on that. Now, what you do with gays and what you do with this, we may not agree on all that, but we agree that Jesus is Lord. And this man is a believer. He is a follower of Jesus Christ. He he is a part of the leadership team of our nation. And I look at it like this. If you are on a plane and you you are goofy enough to throw darts at the pilot, something is wrong with you because he's flying the plane. And if he goes down, we all do. That's why the Bible says to pray for our leaders. 
whether they black, whether they white, Republican, Democrat, whether it's Obama or Trump, you pray for them because they're making decisions that include you. Ain't, that ain't none of my president. That's number 45. You, you ought to pray. Come off of your ignorance and pray. And I think preachers ought to teach this more and talk about this more because they're not. And they're leading their flocks wrong. This is the time, people of God. Christianity is under attack. And we're going to talk about this whole area of defending the faith. You must do it. If this didn't make you mad and this is still this one of your nights, your best shows. To watch these cackling, confused women dog out your religion every day. That's my show. The ultimate question that is the backdrop to us or backdrop to us being defenders of faith is why are you a Christian? Action neighbor that said, why are you a Christian? Ask them this and how passionate are you about defending that position? Um, I recently shared on a panel with um, Jonathan McReynolds and um, Pastor Alex McElroy, who is an international speaker on apologetics. Um, and, and, and we spent some time talking about what we believe, why we believe it, and what that means in relation to other doctrines and other beliefs and other religions. And when you hear the word apologist or apologetic, most people um, get afraid because it seems like something that you got to go to seminary to be a part of, or it seems real deep and real cloudy. Uh, cloudy. But the word apologetics comes from the Greek word um, apologia. Said that apologia, um, not not Apollonia, apologia. And it, it means to defend. Say that, to defend. Say it loud. Some of y'all still caught up on pence. I feel you in the Holy Ghost. Because you've been bamboozled. You've been led astray. And you are, you are more of a racist than you included them to be. I got you though. You at the right place. You in the right place at the right time. Because God wants us all free. He wants our minds renewed. Come on here. Now, if you missed last week's message, get that. He's not for the black people. I am for blacks and whites and everybody. But we dealt last week with the whole black thing. Some of y'all weren't here. You were snowed in. But get it and listen. It means to defend, to protect, to guard, to support. To uphold, um, to in, I didn't come to play with y'all today. Um, to endorse, to back, to stand up for. It is a legal word that speaks to being on trial and making a case for a particular position. When Jesus, we talked about it in the last couple of um, messages we did here, when he mandated us to go into the world and to preach and to teach and to make disciples, he also made us responsible for defending the faith. He also made us catch this apologist, which simply means we should not be ignorant concerning the Christian faith. Our doctrine um, what we believe, why we believe it, why we submit to scripture, why the word is the authority in our lives. You got to be able to answer all of that. We should be equipped to have the real and raw and, and, and tough and critical um, conversations when presented by people regarding our faith. We must be effective witnesses. Acts 1 and 8 says you shall be witnesses 
after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Witnesses of what? Of the faith that you believe, of how it's working in your life, how it's transformed your life, how it, how it, how it mandates your entire life. We're not trying to win an argument. I need you to say, say, I'm not trying to win an argument. Say it loud. And we're not trying to parade our beliefs as better than anybody else's. You believe what you want to believe, but I believe in Jesus the Christ. And the only reason we engage even in these conversations is because we want want people to receive what Christ did for us all. To be reconciled back to God. So defenders of the faith, write this down, is all about not being ashamed of what you believe. That's the big part. I saw some shame on this video. And allowing what you believe to shape the course of every part of your life. And when you do that, you make what you believe attractive to those that don't believe it. When you do that, you make what you believe attractive to those that don't believe it. Ignorance of the faith is unacceptable. A lot of us go to share our faith, but we're not prepared for any questions or for combat. Christianity, listen to me very carefully, is the most scrutinized faith that has ever existed. And there will always be opposition. But we still should be able to articulate our clear defense without issue. Look at 2 Corinthians, because all the answers we need are in the word. 2 Timothy, I I told you to turn to, chapter 3, verse number 16, says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. For doctrine, for principle, for guideline, for belief. It's profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction, listen, in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God, not just talking about the male man, but the female man as well. Because when you study this out, um, the man of God is the human that submitted, the human, the human that submitted to God so women are included. So that, so that the human may be mature may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So we are to be confident. Yes, and some of y'all are confident. You're confident. I love Jesus. I love God. I'm a Jesus man. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm confident, but you're not competent. Go to 1 Peter chapter number 3. Let's walk through this. See, we don't have time to be swapping Conferences about the thresh and flow. We don't have time for that, people of God. There's a, there's, a, there's a time for everything, and this ain't the season for that. Because you got folk learning to prophesy and don't even know John 3.16. But you can tell me my address. I know why I live. You got to tell me that. First Peter 3, verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Look at this. And be ready always to give an answer. A defense to every man that asks it. That asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. 
It says, it says, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That means make him who he is. Make him Lord in your heart. Listen, and be ready always. Somebody say always. Always to give a defense, to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason that you have hope. So Paul or Peter here points out three principles that we got to get. Three principles for us as defenders of the faith. Number one, number one, write it down. Number one, Jesus must be Lord. He says, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. He must be Lord. You can't defend the faith if he ain't Lord. I know he saved you. I know he saved you. I know he saved you. You went down the aisle. You gave the preacher your hand. You gave God your heart. They let you in the church. The doors of the church are open. You're saved. You're going to go to heaven. He's your savior. But he must go from being your savior to being your Lord. And the reason so many Christians struggle because he saved me, but he's not my Lord. He doesn't manage me. He doesn't supervise me. He doesn't control me. He don't tell me what to do. I don't really follow him. He just saved me. So Jesus must be Lord. You must submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He's the boss of me. He manages my life. He is my supervisor. He tells me when to come and when to go and when to stay and when to marry and when to date and when to eat and when to talk and when to shut up and when to sit up and when to sit down and when to fly and when to move and when to relocate and when to start and when to quit and when to finish and when to jump. He tells me everything. Because he's Lord. And most people have not made him Lord. He's not Lord. He's the, he's, he's the Savior. And so you come to church sometime when you feel like it. You pray when you feel like it. You, you follow the principles of the Bible when you feel like it. Because he's not Lord. And you a part-time believer want him to be a full-time God. So David said, don't work like that. He must be Lord. You can't defend what you ain't all in. Ask your neighbor, say, are you all in? Ask him, say, are you all in? Or are you playing games? You got to be all in, Jack. You got this, this all I know. You got to be all in. All in don't mean all perfect. It means I'm all in. Push the one in front of you. Say, are you all in? Push him. They they, they ain't even answering you. Push them again. Say, hey. Hey. You hear me talking to you? Say, are you all in? Tell them, say, I'm all in, but you better keep your hands off of me. You better. (laughs) Jesus must be Lord. Number two. Number two. Principles that Peter laid out for us as defenders of the faith. We must always be ready to give the reason for the hope we have. Always be ready. Always be ready. Why? Because the biggest thing for believers is we have hope. We have a future. We have a promise. We have courage. We, we're optimists. We, 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 we're confident. We have great expectation. We have hope. When the rest of the world is losing their minds, I have hope for my family. I have hope for my marriage. I have hope for my career. I have hope. And you can always be ready to share. Why you got hope? Everybody getting laid off. Why you smiling? Because I have hope. 
We sing the songs with our Christian selves. We said our hope on you. We said our hope on the love. We said my hope is built on nothing less, yes, God, than Jesus' blood and righteousness. But where's your hope really? When all hell breaks loose in your Christian life, where's your hope? Do you fall apart or do you stand fast in the liberty where God has set you free and said, I shall not be moved? Because I have a hope. My hope really is built on nothing less. It's built on nothing less than the blood of Jesus Christ that settled everything on my behalf. And, and Peter said we always got to be ready to give reason of why we so hopeful. And it's a problem if you ain't hopeful. If you busted, broken, disgusted, and you look just like the world, and you're always crying and belly aching, and you're always troubled and always going through. You ain't got no doggone hope. At least you don't act like you do. But there is a hope in Jesus, and you got to show it. Always, always be ready. To give an answer for why you got so much hope. When the world is gone. Because we live in Babylon. But in the midst of Babylon, I got hope. I got hope that everything's going to be all right. I got hope that, that there's nothing I'm going to face that God ain't already settled on my behalf. I got hope if I just put my trust in him. I got hope that I, I've rested on and in the word and no weapon formed against me shall ever prosper. And the word that I've sent out will not come back empty handed, but it will accomplish what it was sent out to do. I have hope. I have hope. I have hope, son. I got hope. I got hope with no money in my pocket. I got hope. I got hope with a 200 credit score. I got hope. I got hope. I got hope. I got hope. That's the difference between us and them. I have hope. I have an expected end. My future's already carved out. All I got to do is follow the steps. Order my steps in your word. All I got to do is walk it out. I just got to walk. That's why I have a hope. I face the same troubles you face. Many are the troubles of the righteous, but I got a hope. Many are the afflictions of those that love God, but I got a hope. My trust is in him. My faith is in him. My hope is in him. And I reset it every day. Lest I lose my mind too. Why ain't you lost your mind girl? Because I got a hope. Somebody holler. I got a hope. They laid you off. They fired you. But I'm still smiling. Because I got a hope. Somebody holler. I got a hope. See, when everybody's going crazy, I can dance because I got a hope. I can twirl because I got a hope. Somebody holler, I got a hope. See, what y'all been saying is I got a home. Talking about heaven. You better stop talking about heaven and beat the devil in the head while you're down here because heaven already settled. I got a hope. Peter, let me calm down. I done got excited. Because I got a hope. I got 
I said I got a hope. When everything is against you, you got a hope. My hope is in Jesus. And if he can't fail, I can't fail. That's why I stay hooked on to him. And where he goes, I follow. Where he leads, I turn. He. Hey. I, feel, I feel the preacher. My, my, my. Tell you, say, I got a hope. Now, Peter says, y'all sit down. Y'all done got me all, all riled up here. And it got me all riled up, doc. So Peter says, always be ready to share why you got a hope. Y'all messed up. I got three kids out of wedlock. I ain't got no man. I'm trying to make it happen, but I got a hope. I got a hope. I got a hope because I serve a God that don't judge me by my past, but by my future. The future he's already carved out. He says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you a hope and a future and an expected end. Terry Neighbor says, already carved out. I got a hope. be, I feel that thing because see some of y'all acting like you ain't got no hope that's, that's why, see when your trust and your hope is set in God, you can look like you ain't y'all didn't catch that y'all didn't, y'all didn't catch that when your hope is in God and your faith is set and your trust is set, you can look like you ain't my back my back is hurting but I look like I'm healed I walk like I'm healed talk like I'm healed because I got a hope my account may be in the red but I walk I got a whole lot of money my head is up and my shoulders are square because I got a hope yeah yeah see see you got to get your hope back where it's supposed to be saints too many saints acting hopeless hopeless and believe but don't even go in the same sentence. I said hopeless and believer don't even go in the same sentence. Because God can make something out of nothing. He can raise dead things. That's why I always have a hope. I don't care how it looks. So always be ready. I done got excited. I felt that hope man. Tell your neighbor, say, get your hope back. Get your hope back. Push him, say, get your hope back. And this is why it's been hard for us to defend the faith in this area because we ain't been having no hope ourselves. But I got a hope. I feel a preacher here this morning, Jack. I got a hope. <laughs> I got a hope. See, y'all don't understand my excitement because that's why y'all looking. Because cause you've been downcast and, and downtrodden, but you got a hope. And if he said it, he's going to do it. And if he promised it, he's going to bring it to pass. 
and your wife and your money and your job and your career. I got a hope and I believe everything I've read and he said because if he said it, he's got to bring it to pass. That's why I got a hope. That's why I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by what I believe and I believe the word. I believe the word. I believe the word. Come on. I believe the word. I believe the word. It's got to accomplish. It's got to do what it was sent out to do. It can't come back empty-handed. Somebody holler, I got a hope. I got a hope. I got a hope. I got a hope. Hope in Jesus. Hope in the blood. Hope in the name. Hope. Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Sit down. So number three. See, there's there's some things that he won't let you teach, Pastor Kelly. You got to preach him. So number two, I had to preach that one. Because some of y'all come here every week looking like this. Because you done lost your hope. Life and the devil done wore you down. Oh, but I don't care how bad it is. When I come in here with the saints, I said, My God is good. So number three, the principles. I feel the Holy Ghost up here. Somebody holler, I got a hope. So so Jesus must be Lord. Always be ready to give the reason for the hope that you have. Come on, say, I got a hope. And then number three, you got to share this hope with love and grace and kindness and respect because people don't always reject the gospel they reject the messenger they reject you not what you're carrying because before you say a word your life speaks volumes some of the greatest sermons ever preached were preached without words but they were living examples. We ought to be living, living, come on here, epistles. Your disposition matters. So Paul gives us this here. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I said, I feel the Holy Ghost. Go to First Timothy chapter number four. Uh, I got a hope. I hope that thing ring in your spirit all week. as you get to work on Monday and it's, and it's the same it's the same foolishness you're going to hear I got a hope 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 
sermon. Somebody need to know this morning they got a hope in Jesus. You done got to your last thing already, but you got a hope.
Y'all sit down. We got to move. Always be ready to give the reason for the hope that you have in him. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. Put your trust in God. Yeah. First Timothy chapter four. It's not over. It's not. 
you have a hope. Some of y'all been trying to open some doors that you think the devil closed. He said, no, I closed this one. Because I'm doing something new in you. And it springs up now. It springs up now. It springs up now. New. 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 Yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. 